Right now, let's jump into this brand new series. Today, we are starting something called The Art of Being Unordinary. Now, I've been looking forward to this one. And what this is going to do is we are going to take this series all the way into Easter because there's a lot to talk about, okay? So let me start here. Before, before I talk about the title, because the title is a little different. Let me start here. What we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to talk about how to be blessed, okay? How can we receive more of God's blessing in our life? So let's start there. When I talk about the idea of you being more blessed, what, what does it mean when you're blessed? You know, we, we say blessings like when somebody sneezes, we'll say, God bless you. Or I'll put it at the end of my emails, I'll say blessings. Or, you know, in the South, you might say, um, bless their little heart, which means you can say whatever you want to about a person as long as you follow it up with that, right? What are we, like, what are we getting at? And you know this is true because you know you've done it, right? What are we getting at when we talk about God's blessing? What are we talking about when we talk about being blessed in life? Let me show you the Greek word. The Greek word for this is actually makarios. And makarios means to be happy, fortunate, or blessed, okay? So this is, this is an idea of how to be happy, how to, what we're going to be talking about, how to experience more joy. And we need more joy, right? I'm trying to do series and I'm trying to do talks that just kind of lift us up because we're just feeling kind of down and we're feeling the longer this sickness goes on and everything around us, we just, let's talk about like how do we experience more joy? How can we be more blessed? The good news is, is that God wants to bless you. And Jesus talks about the blessings that come from God, okay? And Jesus talks about how to be happy, but the difference is, is that the happiness and the joy that come from God, they don't just last for a little bit, okay? It's not up and down, kind of like our feelings. Like when we talk about happiness, one day I'm feeling happy, the next day I'm feeling, I'm not feeling so happy. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a joy, a joy that is complete, okay? A spiritual joy that we find when we live for Jesus Christ. So when we talk about being blessed or when we talk about being happy in life, it's more than just an emotion that kind of comes and goes. It, it's, it's more about how we live in the joy, the joy of Jesus that changes who we are and it changes what we can expect in life. And it just so happened that Jesus teaches a lot about how to experience more happiness, how to experience more joy, how to be blessed in life. In the famous Sermon on the Mount. Now, let me explain the Sermon on the Mount for just a minute. Some of y'all are familiar with this. This sermon is found at the very beginning of Matthew, Matthew chapter five, okay? It's actually a sermon that he preached at the very beginning of his ministry. So check this out. Jesus has just been baptized by John, okay? He's going around, he's preaching a little over here, he's preaching a little over there. He just picked out his 12 disciples, like he's getting the ball rolling. And then one day, once the group has grown and all these people are following him, he sits on the side of this hill, he sits on the side of this mountain, and he begins to lay out his expectations. He gives this big, big, big sermon. And he's like, okay, now's the time. I'm ready to tell you what I'm all about, He's like, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to know what it means to be a disciple. This is what you need to know about what it means to live in the kingdom of God. Okay, so this is kind of like the big inaugural address of Jesus. Okay, his first big 
sermon. In fact, let me show you a couple things about the Sermon on the Mount, okay? There are three things. You could, you could pray, ooh, y'all are going to be so smart, okay? If anybody asks you about the Sermon on the Mount, you can talk about these things. When you read it through, and I would encourage you to go and read Matthew 5 through 7 and just read the whole thing. It's just a few chapters, but there's a lot in there. One, you have the Beatitudes, okay? And the Beatitudes talk about how we can be blessed in life. Number two, you got ethical teachings in this sermon, okay? These are teachings like let your light shine. It's like giving to the needy. This is how you pray. Don't worry. Be happy. Um, Here's how you build treasure in heaven, like all those kind of things. And then, and then Jesus kind of lays out this contrast between the Old and the New Testament, okay? So this is where Jesus in the sermon, he kind of sits down and he's like, you heard it said before, but I'm going to tell you this. Do you remember those teachings? Jesus was like, you know, you've heard it said don't murder, and that's true, you shouldn't murder, but I'm also going to tell you don't hate because it's just as bad. And then he'd go on and say, you shouldn't commit adultery, that's bad, we know that we shouldn't. Jesus is like, I'm going to tell you that you also shouldn't lust, it's just as bad. You heard it said that you should hate people, but I'm going to tell you, you should pray for your enemies, right? So you know this, you got this difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And if you've grown up in church, you're probably familiar with everything I just said. Like you've heard all of those teachings, but did you know that they were all part of one sermon? And you think I preach long, right? So Jesus is just going, he's just going on and on and it's just amazing. And these people are staying and they're loving it. And not only that, not only that, I'm giving you a whole lot of background information because I think this is so cool. But Jesus does all this teaching on the side of a hill. On the side of a mountain. Now, now, everybody he's teaching has a Jewish background. And so they all remember the old covenant. And they all remember the story of Moses coming down from the mountain on a hill, giving the old covenant to the people, right? And now you got Jesus, the Messiah, sitting on a new mountain, sitting on a new hill, giving the new covenant. The parallel is just amazing. And it's like Jesus very purposefully, like he, this was a plan. He, he picked this spot out. And he's laying out his expectations for everybody. So let me go back. I gave you a lot of information there. What we're going to do is we're going to look at this Sermon on the Mount, but we're going to look at the very first section of it called the Beatitudes. In the Beatitudes, Jesus starts out and he's like, this is what it means to be blessed. And Jesus lays out eight different ways to be blessed by God, okay? Eight ways to receive blessing, basically to experience more joy in life, okay? Eight ways to have a positive outlook and find more happiness in life. And the key to this, as we move into this series, when we're talking about being blessed in life, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that you serve a good and gracious God who wants to pour blessings in your life. I truly believe that. I believe that he has more in store for you, that he has better things in mind for your life. And you know this because when you read scripture, you see these stories of God just pouring himself into people's lives, right? And not only do you read that in scripture, but you have examples in your own life. Like you got examples personally right now where you can look back and say, God has blessed me. God has blessed me with this, or he blessed me in this moment, or he blessed me with this experience. Like, I know this. I truly believe that God wants more for your life. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. What you gotta understand, you gotta be careful when you talk about this because people, people tend to take it too far. I'm not talking about God wants to bless you so that you have more money 
or a better position or anything like that. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is that I believe that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to him. God's idea of blessing us is to pour into our life so that our lives more reflect the glory and honor of his son, Jesus Christ, right? That's the goal, is to make us more Christ-like. And that's what God wants. Now, the problem, there's a problem. There's a problem when it comes to being blessed. The problem isn't that God doesn't want to bless us. The problem is us. The problem is we don't always live lives that are blessable, Okay, we don't always do what we should. We make it hard sometimes for God to pour his blessings in our life. And here's why I say that. It's because God can't bless sin, right? God, God doesn't bless pride. It doesn't bless arrogance. There are a lot of things that God can't and won't bless. In fact, in fact, what you need to understand is that God is a very ordered God, Right, So much so that he actually lays out his plan and we see his plan working. And he's got a plan and he's always moving forward, right? And so God, throughout scripture, he always gives us his intentions and he's like, if you do this, then I'll do this. If you live this way and if you submit yourself and you pray like this and you give like this, then I will be able to do this, right? And that just makes sense. Like, it's harder for God to bless us when we aren't living out his plan. Let me give you a couple examples. For people who struggle in their relationships, and the reason is because they decided to live together before marriage, and they're like, why isn't God, God, why aren't you blessing me? Like, what's going on? Aren't I, you know, aren't I doing, you know, and the, the fact of the matter is we know what scripture says about sex before marriage, right? There's an order to things, and it's hard for God to bless situations that aren't part of his plan. When it comes to finances, we all want to be blessed more with finances, but it's hard to bless when we're not being generous, right? When it comes to our marriage, we all want our marriages to be better, and we want God to bless us, but we, are we really living out the submissiveness of Ephesians 5, like how it lays out that we are submit to one another out of love and reverence of Christ? Because if we're not doing that, then it's hard, it's hard for God to pour out his blessings in our marriage. You see, there's an order to things. Now, I'm not saying that God won't and can't bless you in your brokenness because we're all sinful. I'm not saying that at all. God gives his blessings. God gives his grace whether we deserve it or not, right? I'm just saying that the more we learn, the more we listen to the Spirit, the more we follow His will, the more we open up ourselves and live into what God wants, the more He is able to pour and pour and pour that blessing into our lives. So this is so great, okay? So when Jesus starts preaching the Sermon on the Mount, He starts the whole thing off. He just gets right to the point. He's like, listen, I want y'all to be blessed by, let's talk about the blessings that God wants to give. So you know what? Let, let's read through this. We're going to read through the whole thing real quick. Don't worry. It's only like eight verses, but we're going to read it so that we get an understanding of where we're heading in this series. Okay, so let's start in chapter five, verse one. It says this, one day as he, Jesus, Saw the crowds gathering. Again, he's been doing this a little while. Crowds are gathering. Jesus went up to the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. Here comes the Beatitudes. 
Verse three, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the kingdom. For they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And, last one, God blesses those who are persecuted, a big one, for doing what's right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So Jesus lays it all out. And he's like, here's God's blessings. Here's what I want you to know. Here's how I want you to live in order to receive more of God's blessing. Now, let's push pause. And let me take you back to the title of this series. The title of this series is The Art of Being Unordinary. And you're probably wondering to yourself, what in the world does that have to do with anything that we just talked about? Let me explain why. It's because Jesus starts his sermon by saying, let me give you eight ways to receive God's blessing, okay? To be blessed, to receive more joy, to receive more happiness in life. And we quickly, when I read through that, I hope this kind of stuck out to you. If this is the first time you've ever heard these things, you're probably thinking this sounds kind of weird. It sounds kind of different. It sounds very countercultural to what we would say constitutes blessings and happiness. Let me explain If I were to give you the eight ways to be more blessed or happy in life or to experience more joy, what would you say? Because we definitely wouldn't say what Jesus said. Because this isn't what the world teaches. For instance, Jesus says, blessed are the poor. Right? The first one that we talked about. I think I've got three. Um, Well, we'll give Wayne a minute. (laughs) I threw a curveball at you. The first one he says is, blessed are the poor. And we'd say, no, 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 no. You're not blessed if you're poor, but you're blessed if you're rich. Because more money is what it means to be more happy, right? Jesus says, blessed are those who are humble. And we'd say, no, 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 no. Not blessed when you're humble. Blessed are those who get what belongs to them and go after and succeed and are filled with pride because they know who they are. Jesus says, blessed are those who are merciful. And we would look at that and say, no, 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 no. Because if Cobra Kai taught me anything, is that the cool guys show no mercy, right? See, we know it. See, I think you get the point. Jesus' list here is extremely countercultural. And it's a little confusing. And it's a little unordinary. But I want to teach you that if you want more of a blessed life, like if you want to experience more joy, if you want to experience more happiness, especially in this year, as everything continues to go the way it's going, then I want you to know that you're going to have to go against the grain to get it. Okay, it means that you're going to have to be a little unordinary. So each week, what we're going to do is we're going to break this list down. And we're going to talk about what it means and how it unlocks more of God's blessings for our life. So let's get started, okay? That was a long intro. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk that long on the first point, but let's start this one, okay? In chapter 5, verse 3, we start it with this. This is the first blessing that God talks about. This is the first one we're going to dive into. He said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, what does that mean? God blesses those who are poor. Some of you are probably thinking, great, now i got to sell all my stuff. 
Like I just bought a TV to watch the Super Bowl on, and now, oh, no blessing, right? No blessing for me, right? Like what does that, what does that even mean? So look at the second part. The second part of that verse says, who realize their need is for him. Okay, who realize their needs for him. That's the key. Jesus isn't so much talking about economic poverty here. Like, you got to get rid of your TV, you got to get rid of your iPhone, and your daily trips to Starbucks. Although, you may need to cut back a little bit. Anyway, he's talking about spiritual poverty here. He's talking about this certain type of attitude that we have when we approach God. Now, how do I know that that's what it's talking about? Let me show you a little trick I use when I'm doing Bible study, when I'm a little confused about verses, because if you read that verse in in some translations, it just says, you know, God blesses those who are poor. And that's kind of, you know, you you might want to understand a little bit more of that. So here's what I do. I often look up in different translations. And so I've got a couple of different translations here of how... It translates verse 3. The NIV says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The New Century Version says, they are blessed who realize their spiritual poverty. And I know this is small print, so I'm going to read it. The message says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God. And then God's Word translation says, blessed are those who recognize that they are spiritually helpless. I I love this. Listen, you can do this yourself. You version Bible Gateway, go check those out. Just plug in a verse that you're struggling with and, and see how the different translations kind of flesh it out a little bit. Unless you're Baptist and then you're like, King James Version is the only version. You know, well, then have fun with the vowels and your chants and all. Anyway, um, back to the pattern that we see that's happening here when we break this down in different translations. What Jesus seems to be saying is that what needs to happen in life I have to realize how inadequate I am without God. Like without God in my life, without leaning more on him, without depending in him, I am poor. I am spiritually poor. I need help. So let's put this together. When we're blessed, we realize and understand that we need his help. So here's what it means to have hope. The poor in spirit means I humbly depend on God instead of myself. Okay, that's what we're talking about this morning. Okay, that first, verse three, the first one of the Beatitudes, to be in blessed, to be poor in spirit means I gotta humbly depend on God instead of myself. Okay, I gotta put my hope in him. I gotta put my trust in him because I can't tell you how often I realize just how inadequate I am to deal with this life. Do you realize... Do you realize how inadequate you are to deal with life? Do you, do you know when I realize just how inadequate I am in life? Is anytime something happens with the truck and I pop hope, open the hood and look at the engine. How, there is just something about men. Men, do you get this? It's like you don't even know well, anything about the engine, but there's this urge inside, there's this need inside of you that whenever anything goes wrong, you gotta pop the hood and look at the engine even though you have no idea what's going on. I have this. And at the beginning of my relationship with Shannon, I thought that this would be, you know, a way that I can impress her. So I'd pop open the hood and I would just stare at it and she would come over and I would say stuff like, looks like the spark plugs aren't sparking. You know, I don't know. Now she knows better and she comes up to me and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have no idea. I just feel like I should be looking at it. And so I'm just looking at it. I realize anytime something happens with a car, I am completely inadequate to deal with anything that is going wrong with it. 
I got to put my hope and trust in someone that knows what they're doing. And in a similar way, if I'm being honest, and if you're being honest, this kind of stuff, real life scenarios happen every day that make you realize just how inadequate you are to live this life, right? Because truth be known, I'm also confused when it comes to my relationships, to my work to my finances, to my kids, to this pandemic, to a pain that I'm experiencing, right? I can keep going, but I think that you get the point. So if we want to see God's blessings in our relationships, in our work, whatever it may be, to be blessed in life, here's what we need to understand. I've got to, I've got to lean into God. I've got to learn to trust him. It's the only way that I'm going to receive more joy, in this life, to, is to realize, is to take a step back and to realize, I don't always know what I'm doing. And that's okay. I need help. And once again, this is unordinary. This is countercultural. This is not what the world would tell us. Because if you look for advice to this world, what's the world going to tell you? The world is going to tell you these things, like just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. You can do whatever you want to if you just put your mind to it. Really? So I could win American Idol? You just believe in yourself, right? Really? I think it has more to do with how God has gifted you, like what God's plan. Anyway, anyway, just believe in yourself. That's what the world says. Or how about this one? Fake it until you make it. Just keep going. One day, one day you'll just figure it out. Just keep, or how about this one? Grab life by the horns and just throw all caution to the wind and just go for it. You'll regret it if you don't. See, Jesus puts it a different way. He says, you know what? It's not about you. And it's, it's never about you. Like if you want his blessings, if you want more happiness, if you want to experience more joy in life, then you got to learn that you're inadequate to do anything without him. You got to lean more into him. You got to trust more and who he is, and what he wants for your life. So you know what? Since we're talking about being poor spiritually, and leaning more, and trusting more in God, what does that look like? Like if that's the big idea of this first point to be blessed, like how do we live that out? What does that look like day to day? Let me give you three things. If you got your message notes open in your app, you can fill in these three blanks. If you're worshiping online, um, open up those message notes, and you can follow along with us too. These are gonna, I'm going to hit these real quick. Number one, here's what it means. Number one, I depend on God's wisdom. I want to depend on God's wisdom first. In other words, I got to listen and follow what God says. Okay, that's leaning into him. That's trusting more in him. That's depending more on him. Look at this verse from Proverbs 14, 12. Wait, go back one more, um, Wayne. Go back to that one. There's right here on Proverbs 14, 12. I use this verse a lot because I love it. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Let me talk about that for a minute. This is kind of a harsh way to put this, but we all know what this is like because we've all made decisions based on what we feel at the time, what we thought was the best thing, and then it only landed us in tragedy or, 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 or problem or destruction because we thought it was right. We could all give examples like this was the perfect relationship. I could just feel it dead end. Right, this is the best investment. Man, I'm gonna put all my money in this. I just feel it and it's a dead end. You know, this is just right. I know this is what I should be doing because I feel it and I think this is good. It's a dead end. Here's the truth. I can't always trust my feelings. I can't always trust my wisdom, right? 
the first thing I've got to learn to do is I've got to trust, if I want more of God's blessings, more of his happiness, more of my joy, then I've got to trust his wisdom, not my feelings, not my thoughts, not what everybody else is saying, and definitely, definitely not what the world is trying to teach us, right? I've got to lean into his wisdom. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 is a verse we're all familiar with. It says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be, this is so great. I love the New Living Translation. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I love that. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you ain't all that. You need help. Tell them, tell them. Online, turn to whoever's at home. You, you need some help. We all do, right? Do not. Don't be impressed with yourself. That's not, that's not where the blessings come from. So how, how do we get more of God's wisdom? Here, let me tell you how. Talk and pray. I mean, I mean, sorry, pray and read. <laughs> Talk and pray. Pray and read. Okay, hold on. I've had too much coffee. I'm just so, pray and read, pray and read. You gotta spend every day talking to God. And then you got to read his word and you got to allow him to talk to you. Okay, listen, if you're not, be serious for just a moment and think about your daily walk with Christ. If you're not carving out time to be with God, if you're not in his word, then guess what? You are relying too much on yourself. You are depending too much on your own ability. And that's why we have so many problems, right? And that's why things fall through. And that's why we keep hitting dead ends. And that's why we're not as blessed as we could be is because we're not taking the time that we should to learn more of God's wisdom by talking to him and reading from his word. I gotta depend. If I wanna experience more joy in life, I gotta depend more on his wisdom and not just my own. Point number two, I gotta depend on God's strength. I gotta depend on God's strength. God's power, God's energy, not mine. Okay? What is it, let me ask you this. What is it in life that just wears you out? That every time it happens, you're just like, oh, man, you just realize, you know, just, just how little strength you actually have. You know, you know what it is for me? It, it's public speaking, public speaking. I read somewhere a little while back that for every 10 to 15 minutes you stand up in front of a crowd, you get hit with a shot of adrenaline that equals to being in a car crash. And, and I, don't know, I don't know how true that is, but I'll tell you what, it feels that way for me. Because nothing wears me out like this. So last weekend, we're doing the marriage retreat, and Shannon and I, we go from 10 to 12, just 10 to 12, that's it, in the morning. And then we let everybody go that afternoon so that they can go have date time together. And some of them, man, they went to some great restaurants, they went to the spa, they went golfing, they went shopping. One couple even went to a tattoo parlor. Welcome to the Ridge. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother story. Um, Anyway, the point was, is there was a lot going on that afternoon. So after two hours of speaking, right, and then mingling around for a little bit, you know what Shannon and I did? We went and took a nap, and it was glorious. <laughs> because nothing wears me out. When, when, after I'm done speaking, I realize, whew, it just zaps me. What is it in your life? I'm just using a per personal example. What is it in your life that makes you realize that your strength is limited? Because here's what I want you to know. God's strength is unlimited. God never runs out of energy. He never runs out of power for your life. Psalm 84, 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, God. 
Blessed are those who put their strength, not in themselves, not in what they can do, not in what the world can do. No, 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 what God can do. And that word blessed, if you look at it in different translations, it changes it again. That's the same word that we've been talking about. It changes it for happiness or joy. So it also says joy comes to those who put their strength in you because that's where we find the power to keep going. You know, when we face those dark moments in life, and everybody's going to face those dark moments that just zap us, you're going to need God's power to help you get through what you're going through. And honestly, the reason, the reason that some people never get through what they're going through when it comes to divorce or finances or illness or being laid off or whatever the reason is because they are relying too much on their own power. And I'm telling you right now, you don't have what it takes You don't. God wired you in a way that you need his presence. You need his power. And if you don't understand that, guess what? You're going to be miserable for the rest of your life until you do. You were made to depend on him, to depend on him and to receive that strength that only comes from him. Let me get to point number three. Last one, point number three. I got to depend on God's timing. Okay, this is one of the ways that I can depend more on him, that I can put trust in, is depend on God's timing. So, Super Bowl's tonight. How many of y'all are rooting for Tom Brady and the Patriots? Let me see, raise your hands, okay. How many of you are rooting for the, uh, huh? I mean, the Bucks. Man, I still got them playing for the Patriots, why not? Tom Brady and the Bucks. okay. What about Kansas City's the other one, right? Patrick Mahomes, anybody rooting for them? Okay, how many of y'all don't care you're rooting for the commercials? I just want to see some good commercials. There you go, that's me. That's, that, that's where I am. Now, what I love about these, now, obviously, I don't watch as much professional football as I do um, college football, but what I love about this is that everything happens so fast, and I love to watch these quarterbacks drop back and throw a pass before the player's even looking. They, the ball leaves their hands. And it's one of those reasons that Mahomes, he can throw that ball to Mikol Hardeman and he throws it over here even though Mikol's running over there because he knows that when he hits that hash, he's gonna turn left. And when he turns around, that ball should be right there. If it were me and I turned around, I'd get hit in the face. I guarantee you, right? Timing. Timing is everything, right? You know one of the reasons we face so many problems in life is because we wanna rush through. We want to rush the process. We want to rush the season. We want to get ahead of God in his timing. We want to go ahead and get started on something, a next phase in life, but we don't want to wait on him or what he's doing. Even though I know I should be patient and wait on God, I have no idea what God is doing. And most of the time when I can want to hurry up and and depend on myself, I run ahead just wondering, God, what are you doing? Why aren't you, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead anyway. I just hope God, just you just come up and you just catch up with me because I'm moving ahead. Here, here's what I want you to know. If that's you, if you're in that season and, and you're trying to, to decide what's next, listen, while you're waiting, God is working. Okay, while you're waiting, God is working. Don't think just because you're in a season in life right now and thing, things just seem to be dragging, don't think that God has given up on you or his plan for your life. That is not true. He is still at work. Like in that song that we sang, Waymaker, this morning, it says, even when I don't feel it, God, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. 
You know what it could be? That he's taking you through a season. He's taking you through a moment, through a period of waiting to prepare us for what's next. And meanwhile, while we're waiting, he's working and he's preparing us. So you know what I got to learn to do? Depending on him, trusting in him, leaning into him, being spiritually poor, realizing that I am inadequate without God means that I have to learn to live in the rhythm of God's perfect timing. I like how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 31. He says, I trust in you, O Lord. My times, my time is in your hands. I depend on you during this time. Even though I don't feel it, even though I don't know, even though I can't see it, God, I know that scripture says that you're still at work. Not only are you at work for those who love you, but you are working everything for good. So the key to really being blessed, to really understanding God's joy and happiness, is learning to trust him and to depend on his timing and not ours. So here's how we're going to close this service today. I want you to look at each three of these things, and I want you to rate yourself one to five, okay? Later on this afternoon, I just want to give you, want you to do a little test in your head and just rank yourself. Five means that I feel like I'm doing a great job depending on him. One means it's non-existent in my life. I'm not depending, I'm not trusting on God at all in this area. So the first one when it comes to God's wisdom, ask yourself, are you leaning into his wisdom? And here's how you can judge that. Am I talking to God and am I reading his word? Am I? Am I? If I'm not, why? If I'm not, then guess what? I'm depending too much on my own wisdom. Point number two, God's strength, not mine. Are you finding that you're weak right now? Are you traveling through something very difficult? If, if so, we gotta learn to trust in his strength. And then the third one is God's timing and not mine. How impatient are you? Oof, if anybody's impatient, it's me. Do you find yourself praying and asking God why he's moving so slow? Do you find yourself just wanting to rush ahead and just go ahead anyway and just take over in life? Lean into him. Because Jesus starts this whole thing out about blessings and he says, listen, God blesses those who are poor in spirit, who realize their need, their need for an all-powerful, all-encompassing, all knowing God, you will be blessed and you'll find more happiness. You'll experience more joy when you learn what it means to depend on God. Let's pray together. Jesus, just talking about this this morning just makes me realize sometimes how arrogant we can be because we honestly tend to rely too much on ourselves. We like to go our own way and then we wonder why in the world we're not blessed. And then we wonder why life is so hard. Jesus, what we want this morning is we want your blessings in our life. So God, help us to take those steps to depend on you more. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in daily conversations with you. Help, help us to depend on your wisdom. God, we, we wanna replace the confusion we have with your confidence. God, we also need strength. We need strength to help us get through what we're going through in life. God, so thank you for providing the power that we need. And God, we also want to depend on your timing, realizing that you're at work. And God, so what we're going to do is we are going to wait with eager expectations. And you know what? As I'm praying right now, God, I realize that some, there might be some people here 
live at Brookstone, and there might be some people watching online that have never fully depended on you, that have never said one time in their life that they put their trust in you. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning because you're tired of being miserable without God. You're tired of life not making sense. You're tired of not understanding what life is all about. I believe that God can bring strength and clarity and his purpose and salvation into your life. So just pray this with me and just say, Jesus, I don't understand everything. But what I do know is that I need to trust in you and I need your help in my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. Jesus, I thank you for the people that are putting their trust in you right now. And for those that have already put their trust in you, but there's still this section of their lives, of their heart, God, I just pray that they would pray to you right now and give you full control of whatever that is. That they wouldn't be arrogant, prideful, whatever, and try to keep that away from you, but God, that they would lean into you and depend more on you because that's where we find blessing. God, I just want to pray for this series as we work through this. I thank you for your guidance on how to be blessed. God, I thank you that you're a good God, that you love us like you do, and that you want to pour out your blessings in our life, God. So help us to understand more of what that means each Sunday as we go through your teaching. God, just speak to us. May your spirit move in us, and may our hearts be filled with your presence. Now, at the end of the day, God, everything we do, may it be done to bring glory to your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.